Welcome back to Conversations with a Calvinist. My name is Keith Foskey, and I am a Calvinist. And I'm joined today by one of my fellow elders at Sovereign Grace Family Church, Mike Collier. Mike, thank you for being on the show today. Glad to be here. Absolutely. And thankful to have you with us. And we're going to be doing something today that I think is very important. It is Easter week. This is what some people call Holy Week, beginning with uh, the Palm Sunday celebration of the triumphal entry, ending with the celebration of the resurrection on Easter Sunday. And uh, this video is going to be going out that week because what we are going to do today is we're going to be walking through the days of Holy Week, beginning with the Sunday prior to Easter, with the triumphal entry going all the way to the resurrection. And the reason why I've asked Brother Mike to do this is because years ago, Brother Mike had produced a document, he has it with him now, of what happened on each of the days of this is the this is the week that changed the world mm -hmm. this is the most important week in 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 world history not just christian history not just in our history but in world history this is the most important week outside of creation week this is this is it mm -hmm. you know and so we look at this week and, and and we know there's a lot of controversy that surrounds it there are people who believe that uh we shouldn't celebrate things like good friday because they would say, well, Jesus didn't die on Good Friday. He died on Thursday or Wednesday. And I've heard all kinds of arguments for celebrating different days or looking at this from different perspectives. And you did a study years ago where you outlined, based upon the scriptures, your understanding of what happens on each day. Yes. Um, can I ask you what motivated you to do this? Was it the controversy or just something you wanted to do in your own exegetical study? No, when I was part of a, uh, I was an elder at another church. And every year since I had gotten saved, I had read through the accounts through the Gospels as the week that Jesus, well, I called it Passion Week. Yep. Still called yeah, Passion absolutely. Week. Yeah, yeah. Passion, Passion week. week, Holy Week. Yep, yep. And I would read through those accounts, like I would read uh, Matthew, or uh, then on another day I would read part of Mark, and then on another day I would read. And then I was like, this will take a little bit of time, but I've got until next year, the following year, I want to put them better in a chronological order so I can read what happened on the triumphal entry and then what happened on Monday, what happened on Tuesday, what happened on Wednesday, yeah. Thursday, obviously on Friday, the crucifixion, and then the sealing of the tomb on Saturday, resurrection Sunday. Uh, at, actually, at one point, I was going to put um, the day before triumphal entry because that is a, a significant event that takes place where Jesus is um, he's anointed. Um, and it tells you the date, six days before Passover. So if it's six days before Passover, that means that happened on the day before the triumphal entry, entry and would be six days before the sun went down on that Friday that Jesus was crucified. Or once the sun went down, it was the Sabbath. So yeah. we'll, we'll talk about yeah that part yeah and that's what we're going to do we're going to walk through your your outline here and and again um there are people who may take issue with some sure. of this but this is based upon your own study your own exegetical examination of the text based upon what you know about history even what you just mentioned about the the events that were happening occurring up until there and um we're gonna we're gonna walk through that in just a moment we're gonna go all the way start to finish and there's how many pages there it looks like there's uh, three one two Three, four. Yeah, so so we'll be able to walk and through. It and it has each, um, what happened on day one, it's got in one column, it's got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. 
And then on day two, it tells you what happened from those accounts. Would you be willing for us to make that available for people if we could uh, photocopy sure. it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Well, I'll, I'll try to do that. And I can put that in the show notes at the bottom. So if somebody's watching this on YouTube or, or whatever, they can go in and maybe we'll post that on our website. And, and I would people... suggest the, the week of Passion Week or Holy Week that if you read it by the day, for, even if it's for devotion. Sure. Just get up that morning, okay, starting on the triumphal entry, read on Sunday morning what took place and read each one of those. And you can see some of the different um, details that are put in each account, yeah. which brings some of it together. And if you put all of them together towards the, towards the end, it, it's without doubt that Jesus was crucified on Friday. Yeah, and that, and that, and again, that's yeah. something that people take issue. But I, I agree with you, and we've long celebrated what we call Good Friday. Now we wouldn't, and we talked about this before the show. We we wouldn't say that a person has to celebrate Good Friday any more than we would say any other special day. Our, our the day we would say is necessary is the Lord's Day. Correct. That's a day we gather to worship. But if uh, if a that's church mandated, yeah, yeah. But there, but well, we're not mandated for other holidays. No. So Good Friday or Monday Thursday or or any of these other days that churches may do nothing wrong with that. And I just preached about that this morning was that there there, you know, if somebody wants to celebrate Passover, if a Christian wants to ha hold a feast, mm -hmm. um, they're, they're within their right to do that. Yep. And if we want to celebrate Good Friday, our church chooses to do that, but we certainly don't look down upon anyone who doesn't come to the service right. or something like that. And, and so these are things that are important, but um, you know, when it comes to what's mandated, you know, we're mandated to worship together, gather on the Lord's day. And, and, and after that, we are not, uh, we're not mandated for any of this, but, but it's important to know. And again, like I said, I, I appreciate the studies that you do, especially on historical things. So without wasting any more time, I do want to jump right into it. And, and, and so yours begins on, on triumphal entry, on triumphal entry on and the Sunday. On, yeah. Cause that's actually would be eight days before Jesus resurrected. So okay. we, we always begin the Passion Week or Holy Week on the triumphal entry. And here he, here he enters and you have the accounts in uh, Matthew 21, verses 1 through 11, and then verse 17. And then obviously, in, and it's, it's a parallel account would be in Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 11, Luke's account in 19, verses 29 through 44, and then John's account, which picks up at uh, chapter 12, verses 12 through 19. But like I was saying, right before that, the day before the triumphal entry takes place, Jesus is anointed in, in Bethany yeah. before he comes in. And it specifically says that happened six days before Passover. Then the following day, Jesus gets on a donkey. And he heads on into Jerusalem and they're laying palm trees on the ground. So that get, those are your time frames. It's, yeah. it's just... Specific days, six days before. Yeah. And then we start, that's where we can start the time. Yeah. Uh, uh, one distinction, and we'll probably talk more about when we get to, to Friday and Thursday, is under our Gregor uh, Gregorian or Julian calendar, however you want to see it, our days are based on sunrise. Theirs is based on moon. So when the sun went down, that's the beginning of a new day. Yeah. Ours is not like that. Yeah, that's how they, they even with fasting, you mm -hmm. fasted from sundown to sundown, and that was a day. That was a day. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Twilight, twilight. Even when they, uh, when they slaughtered the Passover lambs, they were killing them at twilight because that was the new day. That yeah. was the starting of a new the new day. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. See, all this is good stuff. Uh, let's begin then with what actually happens on 
the day of the triumphal entry. Oh, and, and real quick for the for the viewer and, and uh, just as a reminder, how does this fit in with the resurrection of Lazarus? Because this is also an event that had happened. Yeah, very but, um, as far as time frame, we don't have the exact time. We know it was close enough to the time of Jesus's crucifixion that they wanted to kill that the Pharisees wanted to kill Lazarus too yeah because he had raised him from the dead and he was that, testimony that's testimony of yeah Jesus and is. in the in the chronology and the way it takes place in order as far as how it's revealed to us in scripture I think it's in chapter 11 it takes place of the resurrection of of uh of Lazarus but then it goes right into chapter 12 of Jesus being anointed by uh, in Bethany, yeah, and and halfway through, and preparing, well, for, preparing this. for this. So yeah. they're making the connection. Why did they want to go kill Jesus? Because it specifically said this man has raised a man from the dead. They will all follow after him. Yeah, and yeah. that is exactly what people were doing. Yeah, um, and we can talk about some of the. No, the absolutely. Topics. I just yeah. wanted to be, kind of for the for for people who may not know, there's a connection there. Yeah, there, there's a there. Jesus raised a man from the dead, and then he in Bethany. It, yeah, and then he's two about, miles outside Jerusalem. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. All right, so let's go. Let's begin again with the triumphal entry. This is day one. This is Sunday, prior to Resurrection Sunday. Yep. He he comes in. He he um, he is riding on a donkey. In Matthew's account, it gives the the people approaching saying. Jehovah, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And um, most of those accounts in Matthew and Mark and John is about the same. It's Luke's account that give us a little more information of Jesus. As he was coming, he began to weep over the city. Yeah. And he made the proclamation of, man, if you would have just, you people would have just known that the visitation of the Lord had come, you would have known. And he weeps because man, he says that uh, there will be armies that are going to surround you. They're going to block you in from all sides, and they're going to lay you flat. And he eventually goes on the Olivet Discourse to say, "Yeah, that's prophesying eighty yeah. seven. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what takes place. And he he goes uh, he goes into the city. He goes um, he looks around into the temple, sees what's going on. That's where they always go. And he goes back out to uh, to Bethany. And it's interesting that he goes to the temple and he just looks around because that sets the stage for what takes place on that Monday. Okay. Because as he goes in, if you want me, we can continue on to that. Because yeah, he, he say, goes back to, he goes right out to Bethany. They turn. Yeah, his triumphal go, entry didn't last long. Oh, he goes in. <laughs> yep. Looks around. Uh, yeah, the, 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 if you remember, the, the Pharisees try to uh, squash the children from singing that. They try to, hey, don't do this, don't do that. They'll take away our holy place. And there is a historical event, not to get, too far off track, but there is a historical event that took place with the rededication of the temple and the overthrowing of Antiochus Epiphanes and those things that took place that you can read of in historical books, not inspired, but the historical sure. books of the Maccabees, mm -hmm. which talks about when Judas Maccabeus, after dropping the hammer on the Seleucid Empire, which is Antiochus Epiphanes, Antiochus the Madman, after liberating the city, as he came into the city, he was... Hosanna, bless oh, the yeah, Lord. Yeah. And, and the, heat, the same things, they were putting down branches on the ground. So there was a historical event that the Jewish people could point back to and go, man, if they see, if Rome sees this man as the one to deliver the Jews, they'll crush us. And yeah. from a humanistic standpoint, you could understand yeah, that yeah, part. We, yeah, we don't want this guy yeah, yeah. doing this. Yeah. Now, now, from Caiaphas's uh, pre prediction and prophecy of it's better for one man to die than the whole nation perish, 
um, that that's from a different perspective. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it says that was given to him by the spirit. Yeah. Doesn't so say he, that. Well, the, the, given the, him as prophecy, he didn't know it. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah, prophesying yeah, yeah. that he would, that one man would die so that a nation wouldn't perish. And that nation being the true Israel, which would be all of those whom he would gather into himself. So, um, Jesus has gone into Jerusalem. Yep. He's looked around. He's now gone back to Bethany. We're now on day two, which would be Monday. Monday. So as he goes in on uh, into the city, um, he is coming from Bethany. He goes to a fig tree. And if you can read these accounts, you want me to get these? Yeah, if you would, you can just read this and just uh, the, okay. the, 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 if, if people want to get the scripture, that way you're not having to read every single one. This will be available for people to go okay. look at. So but, but this is in this is all the different accounts harmonized. And if yes, you don't know what harmonized. Har be, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say a harmony is when you take the various accounts of Jesus's life from the four different gospels and put them into one. So that's yeah. what you've done. Yeah. And um, you'll also, if you can read them chronologically, how, how I have set them up, you'll see to it that the event with the fig tree looks like they were, as they were coming in, it's cursed. It immediately dries up yeah. the, the fig tree. Well, it doesn't. It's on their way back the next morning. Yeah. Because remember, they're, when they're leaving, heading back, it's most likely dark. They're heading back to the Bethany. They can't pass by the same fig tree that Jesus cursed because it didn't have fruit, which I believe was a prophetic thing of how the nation should have been producing fruit, had everything it had given to it, and it still didn't. Well, and Jesus is him going in. Hey, he's, he's hungry. He's wanting some food. This fig tree has nothing on it. Jesus curses it as an object lesson. Yeah. And, and some you, people think Jesus is unfair. I've heard people say, look how mean Jesus is cursing this tree just because it didn't bear fruit. And it's like, this is, there's. And you're making an object lesson for the next day. Exactly. Yeah, there's a what, lesson. He's setting it up for yeah. the next day. So in uh, on, on day two, which would have been that Monday, you can read from Matthew 21, 12 through 16, and then 18 through 19, Mark 11. 12 through 19, Luke 19, 45 and 46. And if you read them, it'll give like us, it'll fill in some of the pieces. But as he, uh, he goes in there, the fig trees doesn't have any figs on it. It's got everything that it should have been producing and was not. Uh, Jesus curses it. They go on into the city. They go into the temple and that's where Jesus just, he sees all the corruption, the selling of animals by Caiaphas at that time, Caiaphas had moved. Uh, it used to be up on the Mount of Olives where they would have the selling of the animals. Well, the, the temple didn't make any money if it was up there. So yeah. he moved it into the temple, into the temple in the court of the Gentiles where they could make, they could extort it. They could make, sell offerings. They could make more money. Well, Jesus comes in there. He sees what's happening. He sees his people being extorted, made it a, a den of thieves and a house of robbers. And Jesus just says, hey, this is a house of prayer, makes whip, runs everybody out. Whether you believe that happened in John in the beginning and there was two, this one is specifically that he cleans the clock of the temple money changers because once it's done, they don't come back. Yeah. Caiaphas was very angry because of what he had done. Who gives you the authority to do this? Yeah. And all those bits and pieces are filled in chronologically. So he cleanses the temple. Cursed, uh, he, he cursed the fig tree, he cleanses the temple, and he, then he returns that night back to Bethany. The next morning, Jesus going back into Jerusalem with his disciples from Bethany, and this is 20, chapter 21 of Matthew 20 through 22, and then Mark's account is 11, 20 through 26. Luke and John don't have any... Um, any um, uh, account of this what took place it but says at this point we're on tuesday we're on tuesday okay. yep, yep yep tuesday right. 
Jesus is going back from Bethany with his disciples, and they noticed on their way back, because it's daylight, it's in the morning, they go, wow, that fig tree is withered and dead. And they ask him a question, well, how did you do that? Yeah. Me, from our perspective, of course he's God. I was going to say, he didn't you see him calm the storm? Like, didn't you see him walk you know, on water? Do all this stuff? Yeah, didn't yeah, you just uh, maybe months ago see him raise a dead man? And yeah, then yeah. Lose his clothes and let him go? Yeah. And then they go, how did he wither this tree? Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, because he has absolute authority over everything. And yeah. he used it as a as a uh, a platform to let them know that all this only comes through prayer and fasting and he uses that great faith and how you have faith and, be, and believe and he was t t basically encouraging his men to continue to trust in god and we yeah. know what he was saying because they were going to be very shortly how can we trust when our leader is gone yeah because jesus obviously would be crucified and what do they do for three days they're trembling wondering what's yeah. next hiding yep. yeah and um so he he goes in uh, and he teaches on prayer and faith. Or go, he, he talks to his uh, his uh, disciples on prayer and faith. But day three is what I call the day of questioning. This is where Jesus spends all day at the temple teaching and preaching, healing. And you can read every one of these accounts. He has all of his interactions with the Sadducees, with the Pharisees, um, whether it is um, who will be in this resurrection, whose image is this, uh, money, taxes, all these things, and they're constantly trying to trip Jesus up. This is the longest scripture reading of that week if when you read it. It's long. Okay. And um, it go, it, uh, Jesus, te uh, he teaches in the tem temple. He's a challenged by his authority. And if, you, if anybody remembers, they remember uh, they came to him and says, well, whose authority have you been doing what you're doing here? Yeah. You know, you didn't have authority to run these people out. And Jesus gives them a question. Well, whose baptism was John? Was it from God or was it from man? Yeah, then why do you question me? Well, he yeah. says, I'll answer you. I'll answer your question once you answer mine. Yeah. And he says, who, which one was it? And he puts them in a conundrum. Well, if they say it's of men, then they don't, he's a man of God. If we say it's of God, then it's been done by a man. And they just say, we don't know. And Jesus says, well, I ain't <laughs> got to answer your question then. Yeah. Um, he then goes on, he gives the, the parable of the two sons in the vineyard. Um, you have the, long, the lawless vine dressers, and that, that is a great parable of how God sent. Um, there, there was a parable of the, the vine, the, I mean the vineyard. He had rented it out. These, um, these people were uh, making um, uh, money off of it, provided everything. They were uh, misusing it. And he basically it points to himself because he says, "Hey, you're that they were the vineyard, yeah. and that they had all these things that they could do, and that God had provided them, and they wanted to do it for their own." And God says, "I sent him prophet after prophet after prophet, and which were to be the servants, and eventually they would would he would send his son, and they would kill him, saying, "We want to be the heir yeah. instead of so anyway." Um, then he teaches on marriage. He gives a marriage feast. He teaches um, on the Herodians and how they tried to trap Jesus. Then the, um, the the parable of, I mean, not the parable, but the illustration of, hey, do we pay taxes to uh, to Caesar? Or are we not supposed to pay the temple tax, the poll tax, all this? And Jesus asking for a coin. And it's interesting that the very ones that hated Rome and didn't want to have Roman money, on the Temple Mount because it was defiled. He asked them for a coin, and the coin that they hand him has Tiberius on it. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, well, whose image is on there? Yeah, Caesar. Yeah, you give Caesar what Caesar's. That's and then right. you give to God what is God. 
Um, and then he, he baffles them concerning, you know, what was the greatest commandment and all this has take place in 21, uh, chapter 21, 22 and, uh, beginning of 23. And it says that, uh, they asked Jesus, um, you know, uh, who was, who was greater the, the Christ that was coming or David? Yeah. Well, if David was the greater son, I mean, the Christ is the greater son. They were just trying to catch Jesus in some type of error. They were, that, that was their plan, always. Yep. Then in uh, chapter 23 of Matthew. So uh, what day, where are we at we, now? They're still we're... in day three. It's long. Day three is long. Gotcha. Day three is very long. Um, it, it, uh, now we get into chapter 23 of uh of matthew and um in mark's account it is verses uh, 38 and 40 of chapter 12 and luke has an account of this as well in chapter 20 verses 45 47 very small but this is the declaration of he 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 blasts the the uh, scribes and pharisees calls them broods vipers and yeah he really he blasts them you know sure. all the woes <clears throat> and he he doesn't hold anything back he even tells them you know you you uh you tithe your your mill and cumin your mint and cumin and you uh and, and you forget the weightier things of the gospel justice and peace and loving kindness and mercy and he um he also uh tells them that you know you you travel land and water and sea to make up one proselyte but then you make them twice as much as the son of hell as yourself he's saying mm -hmm. hey you're you're just trying to make a convert basically to judaism yeah. And he's saying, you're making them twice the son of hell in yourself. What is he saying that about them? Yeah. That they're sons of hell. <laughs> yeah, indeed. And he, indeed. Uh, there, there's no other harsher language in all of scripture towards the scribes and the Pharisees. It's interesting that this is in Matthew 23 than Jeremiah 23. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people say that, oh, Jesus, Jesus was the weeping prophet. I mean, uh, Jesus was Jeremiah because he was the weeping prophet. And I don't know where they get that from. Because Jesus was not the weeping prophet. Jeremiah was. Yeah. Jeremiah was, he, he took what he took on a stiff upper, he didn't take what he took on a stiff upper lip. He was, he was very, um, he was a frail man. Yeah. Um, but what he did do is the same thing that Jesus did. He constantly called out error and the scribes and the Pharisees. That's yeah. why he was like Jeremiah. Yeah. Constantly called out the false teachers and the false shepherds. And that's what Jesus did as well. He, uh, he then makes a, a comment on the widow's might, her giving all that she had. And then in chapter 24, this is all the same day still, day day three, which would have been that Wednesday. I'm sorry. Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday. Um, chapter 24, verses 1 through 44 in Matthew, Mark 13, 1 through 37, and Luke 21, 5 through 36. And this here is when... Uh, Jesus foretells on the Olivet Discourse, he has now left the temple complex. The Son of God, the typological picture of the temple, it was that there would be a true temple that would come, and that would be Christ. This is the last time that Jesus Christ would ever put feet on the temple complex. Mm. He walks out. This is it. Yeah. And as he walks out, his to the disciples say, look at these buildings, look how grand and beautiful they are. And Jesus says, yeah, but not one stone will be left on another. Yeah. And then they want specific questions asked. And Jesus answers those questions. And they're in the Olivet Discourse. And um, my position is preteristic. I believe yeah. that Jesus is not speaking of 2,000 plus years reserved. Yeah. He was speaking of... I just want to clarify, partial preteristic. There's a big thing going okay. on right now about we're not, we're not, we're not full, full preterist. We're not full no, preterist. But, but yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm preteristic in the sense that um, the vast majority of what Jesus was saying at 
the Olivet Discourse had to do with destruction of the, of the temple, yep. the destruction of Judaism, and God shutting basically um, the forty-year delay. But after Jesus's death, burial, and resurrection, he he basically closed the coffin on Judaism, nails it shut. It's yep. no more. And why? No temple, no priesthood, no sacrifice. Yep. Why? Because the true temple has come. And we got because a better temple, better oh man, better sacrifice. I almost said this yeah. morning: better priests, better sacrifice. Oh, Papa John. <laughs> Because <laughs> this morning I said that I said we got a better priest, we got a better uh, 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 sacrifice, and then in my mind because I'm so dumb. <laughs> One of my friends he called me a couple weeks ago, and there I guess his church is doing going through Hebrews, and um, I taught through Hebrews in mm -hmm. a home Bible study, and um, he came. He says, "Man, he he just he, if he'll just say what your title was at the beginning, and mine was, it's better." Yeah. Everything, everything about everything about the the book of Hebrews is better. Yeah. Why? Because Jesus is better than everything. Yeah. Angels, the Arianic priesthood, the order of Melchizedek, the sacrifices, the blood of bulls and goats. He's better than all these things. Why? Because he was God in human flesh, who fulfilled all of the types and shadows that the that the Mosaic legislation had come. So. Amen. Uh, he foretells the destruction. He gives a couple more parables about the faithfulness and the wise servant, evil servants, you know, the ten virgins. He gives on the use of talents. And um, then he his, his final uh, instructions was in a parable of separating the sheep and the goats mm -hmm. and, um, and the dragnet. And then yeah. there's coming a day when he will, he will he'll bring it all into himself. And he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. And there'll be those that are on the left and those are on the right. And the ones on the left, outer condemnation where they're weeping and gnashing of teeth and those on the right will enter the blessed of the Lord. He'd prepare for them before the foundation of the world. And yeah. then speaking of, you know, his elect. And it even talks about that. He'll grab his elect from the four corners of the earth and he'll bring them to himself. Amen. And that's where we end on uh, on that Tuesday. And then we pick up on Wednesday and it specifically says, these are the, the uh, um, in Matthew's account in chapter 26, uh, Mark's account 14, and Luke's account in 22, and they are all in the first few verses. And then in John's account, chapter 12, verses 37 through 50, two days before Passover. So okay. that, that those are our markers so that mm -hmm. we have no doubt when these things took place, two days before the Passover. He announces this time on this day that he will be uh, crucified and there will be a betrayal of him. Mm -hmm. That he will be crucified because of the betrayal. And uh, imagine what the disciples were thinking. What? Yeah. Now we're going for a feast, man. Yeah. And you're talking about dying. But it did, they it had them thinking, wow, this is the first time he has said this. Yep. And this is, and he's saying, this is the time. Yeah. So it's at this time that the Sanhedrin approaches Judas. Would he betray him? And then... Um, it says that many would not believe in Christ yeah. at that time. That many turned away. Now, I do want to, before we get into uh, the next section, remember Jesus come in, he was Hosanna to, uh, to Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And as he is coming in, he is coming in with people that are singing for him. Remember, they're migrants from the Galilee. Mm -hmm. The, the people that on the night that he has turned he has turned over to Caiaphas and stands before Pilate and says, "Hey, crucify him, crucify him." I do not believe those are the same crowd. 
Okay. And reason being is because here it is. You had the ones that were coming from Galilee that were with him, had been traveling with them to get there for the for the Passover. Mm -hmm. But at the remember uh, at the uh, when when we'll talk about it a little bit more when we get to his his uh, his trials, they have to stir up people in the night. Yeah. To do that. And the the city may have been busting at the seams, but there wasn't a vast majority of people up and about that late at night. Yeah, they were sleeping. They were from partying during the day. Yeah. So, but it's a uh, it would be now. Well, just before okay. you go on, I do want to mention because I've probably said it, and I know I've heard a thousand pastors say it, mm -hmm. and you're you're kind of challenging it, and I'm 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 good with that. You're saying because I've heard people say. Um, the same people who shouted Hosanna or the same people who shouted crucify him. But you would say it's likely a different crowd. I, I do believe that. Okay. I, um, right. And it, it seems very obscure and odd that um, the ones that were coming in with him were his disciples. Think about the ones that most likely they're making an inference and so am I. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think there's any crossover? I mean, you think there's some that may have come in? That, it would, that may... it, I find that hard to believe because they were coming from Galilee. They were coming in as migrants in there. They had seen the that which Christ had done. And then to see all of the teachings and all of how Jesus had continually um, rebuked the Pharisees on the Temple Mount, had continually healed people, even when he was told you need to quit. He said he was healing healing everybody that was on the Temple Mount on that, on that Tuesday. He was healing and teaching and healing and teaching and preaching and preaching of the kingdom. And it says that they were all astonished at his words. No. And then late at night for the mock trial, they had to stir up one. They had to get false. Uh, they had to get false witness against him. Sure. So they had to go talk to someone to get the false witness. Yep. They had, hey, we got to get you to lie. <laughs> well, then they had to stir up. It says they stirred up the people to crucify him. Mm -hmm. um, there's only we don't see anywhere. And the accounts when Jesus was out doing the things that he was doing, that the, the people that were being healed, the ones that were being made to walk, the family members of those who had seen their families healed and dead people raised wanted to see Christ put to death. Yeah. So oh, that's it, that's a good thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, no, just, absolutely. it just seems very odd. Now, sure. does that preach well from the pulpit that the whole world turned on Christ? I guess. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the point they're trying to make. Yeah. It would be hard for me to say that the, you know, remember Jesus had more than the 12 disciples. He had 70 at one time. Yeah. I was going to say, we don't know how many disciples he had. We know that he had 12 apostles Correct. and that's the distinction. The a lot of people don't think out. about. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. to say that all those that came with him then turned his back on them. Well, that that's really not as accurate either because we know that None of the disciples, with the exception of, of Judas, said crucify him. And I, I, I don't believe that Judas actually knew they were going to crucify him. That's a good I thought. I, 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 I don't know, know either. I don't know either. I know yeah. that he knew that it, maybe it was in, there was an intent to do harm, but to kill him, I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah. Because we know what says that once he knew that they had contemned Jesus... He threw the money back. He threw the money back. I mean, this is blood money, and then he hung himself. Yeah. So I think he, there was, I'm not saying he's not guilty of his crime. Yeah, he's okay. guilty, and, and, and we would argue unrepentant, sure. but remorseful. Remorseful. Feeling sorry for what you did is not repentant. <laughs> Say yeah. that again. Yeah, feeling remorseful is not repentant. That, yeah. that, that, that by itself will preach, mm -hmm. because people think just because they feel bad, they've repented. 
Yeah. And that's not the same. No, it's not. not the same. You know, there was never Amen. a there was never a turning to Christ. There was never a turning to God in contrition. Um, I have sinned. God, what what must I do to have this guilt removed from me? Yeah. Um, Amen. So he goes on to his own place after he hangs himself. So here here we are. That's the end of uh, on Tuesday. I mean, on Tuesday he he had left. Um, uh, the sheep and the goats. We went through Wednesday where he. Um, which is two days before Passover. He announces his betrayal, crucifixion. Uh, the Sanhedrin then want to approach him, uh, Judas to, uh, to turn him over. And then the day five, which would be that Thursday, Jesus sends two disciples in to prepare for the Passover. And um, there, are, there are three small accounts of that. Matthew 26, verses 17 through 19. Mark 14, 12 through 16. And then Luke chapter 22, verses 7 through 13. And this is where they go and they find their upper room, the man with the jug, and all that. Now, they go and find it. It is at, uh, at sunset. That starts day six. So as the sun went down, that's when they begin to observe the Passover. Yes, I mean, so that's our Thursday night. Correct. But for them, that's day six. That's day six. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So here it is. Jesus, uh, he starts, he enjoys the Passover with the disciples. He uh, identifies as Judas as being the one that will betray him. And more, he says, hey, the, the guy that puts his hand in the, dips his hand in the sop with me is the one who will betray me. It's interesting that they all look around and go, well, is it going to be me? Is it going to be me? And they, it's like, man, they all even question their own self. Are yeah. we going to be the one to betray him? Um, Jesus, uh, Demonstrates humility and love. He washes their feet. And that's only recorded in John's Upper Room Discourse account. And that's in John 13. Yep. Um, he, review, he reveals Judas as the betrayer again in that passage. Yep. So not once, twice he has now revealed Judas as being the betrayer. Jesus then tells Peter that Satan desired to sift him. And uh, tells Peter that, that he has interceded for him and he will be restored. And he foretells the scattering of all the apostles. Um, he, Jesus then that night gives them uh, instructions and encouragement. And he gives the high priestly prayer um, that same night. This, is, uh, this, this whole account in John is uh, from chapters 13 through 17. That is the upper room discourse. Yeah, which is amazing that we get four chapters. In John, and he's not really had a whole bunch of well, his... Well, five chapters. I mean, 13, yeah, 14, 15. Yeah. yeah, I'm bad at math. <laughs> but he, in John's account, he doesn't really deal with all these preparatory events that take place. In John's mind, him being the Son of God, God in human flesh, the Word that became flesh to dwell among us, he is, he is dealing with his deity and his yeah. high priestly duties. And um, he deals with that. Um, only one that deals with the upper room discourse. Um, then you get to him, him uh, doing the the giving of the new covenant. This is the blood of my covenant, which will be shed for you. The breaking of the bread. Um, then they leave. Jesus is in the agony of of pain and um, discomfort in his soul uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, and it is at this point where Jesus is betrayed by Judas after praying, even with his disciples. Wait here, watch pray. Interesting, when you go back and they ask Jesus, um, do we have a sword? Do you want to take a sword? Yeah. And if you know if you know why Jesus wanted him to take that sword, 
he, he wanted him to take that sword because he, he was going to put Malchus's ear back on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, he took the sword. Uh, hey, you're, I'm fixing to demonstrate my power by putting a man's ear back on. And when yeah. they come and they, he's betrayed, he's betrayed with a, a kiss. Um, Peter then um, strikes, Malchus. Stri strikes Malchus's ear and... Um, I'm I'm fully convinced if he would whack his head off that Jesus was very capable of setting that man's <laughs> head back on. And uh That would be interesting to see. Yeah. I mean the ear enough is, is enough. Yeah, but he just he puts it back on. I mean, imagine Malchus. Yeah. Man, I, I here it is, I'm bleeding, my ears cut off. He doesn't know where I mean he's just feeling warm blood just all over his neck, running on his shoulders, and then and the Son of God just reaches down there and he's there to to haul him off in chains and he Imagine Jesus is looking you in the face and putting your ear back on. Yeah. Yeah. He is then, um, it's at that point, the um, the arrest begin to take, the, the arrest takes place and then all the, the mock trials. And if anybody would like to, you have the link. Last year, if you remember, on Good Friday, I did a chronological order yeah. and exposition from his arrest to this crucifixion. I'll link that in the show notes as well, because that was a, one a fantastic sermon, but it's also that for you to go through all that again would be way too much for right now. Oh, but that, yeah, but that's 89 something. verses. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, but am I correct? And I've said this many times. I hope I'm right. It was, it was, if we count it all up, it would have been six trials, right? Cause it would have been six times. He stands before Pilate and Pilate declares his innocence and he doesn't let him go. Six times he stands before Pilate. Well, six times, what I was counting, because he goes before Caiaphas, then he goes to Annas, then he it, goes to Sanhedrin. Correct. Am I, then, am I right yeah, in that order? Yeah, it, it's here. Well, I have it here. He, he, um, they take him. He's taken to Caiaphas. Mm -hmm. And in that, there is, they, he goes to two places. He goes to Annas as well. He goes to Doesn't Caiaphas, think. Annas, back to Caiaphas, then to Herod. He goes to Herod. Okay. Herod wants to see him. It's I thought that was after he saw... After he saw Pilate, though. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So, so I, the way I've always ordered it, and again, mine is not as detailed, but it was, he, he saw Caiaphas, he saw Annas, he saw the Sanhedrin, he saw Pilate twice. Yes. And he saw uh, uh, Herod. Herod, and then he goes back to, to Pilate. Pilate. That's what I'm saying. It was yes. Pilate, Herod, Pilate. Yeah. So, it, so it's six different audiences. Yes. And six times Pilate says, this man's done nothing wrong. Yeah, that's crazy. And he has the opportunity. And I hadn't, I mean, I, last year, you know, it's up until last year, until you start putting in order, you don't go, oh, wow, man, he stood, Jesus stood before Pilate that many times. And that man said six times, dude, this guy's done nothing wrong. Yeah. This guy's done nothing wrong. This guy's done nothing wrong. And then he basically has him crucified anyway. Yeah, his own to, yeah, to, yeah. To, for political expediency. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what takes place on uh the 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 night of the passover um he goes to herod then he goes back to pilate herod then sends him uh i'm sorry then pilate then demands the crucifixion which takes place in chapter 27 of matthew verses 15 through 26 um, and mark 15 6 through uh, 15 luke 23 13 through 25 and then john's account is in 18 verse 38 through 19 6. And it's at this time that Pilate has him scourged. The Jews want Barabbas released instead. Yeah. Um, and Pilate refuses to listen to his wife after she tells him in a dream, this man's righteous. Don't do anything. And he does it anyway. So he's had opportunity. 
divine yeah. intervention. Sure. Yeah. And we but we've passed over Friday. Just to just to clarify, because I know this is the big controversy. We've passed, we were we we were at the upper room discourse on what would we would call Thursday night. Yep. And then in through the we, night. This is Thursday. This is Thursday night. Yeah. Friday. It, this the morning becomes Friday morning when Jesus is it's Friday morning that Jesus is taken out. Yeah. Our Friday morning. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Yeah. So that's where the confusion lies is their time starts at t twilight. Yeah. Ours we see as being dawn. dawn and yep. it's not. They don't do theirs that way. Yeah. That's why when we get to the point of, well, uh, Jesus, when he was crucified, he wasn't three days and three nights as yeah. Jonah was in the belly of the well, so it would be in the belly of the earth. Well, if you understand how they saw that, Jesus being, and because we're, we're to the crucifixion, um, he's mocked. Judas has his, re, his re, before the, 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 thorn, the crown of thorns were put on him. Judas sees remorse once he knows he's condemned. And you can read that in Matthew 27, verses 3 through 10. Jesus carries his cross out. Simon of Cyrene is compelled to reveal, to, to relieve him of his cross. He helps him. Jesus refused the, the, the sour wine. Then we have the, the sayings of Christ um, on the cross. His garments are divided. And it is at this time that at, at some point in that, that Jesus then begins to, uh, he gives himself up. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Now, they say, well, when did that happen? Well, based on the accounts of Scripture, happened on our calendar, okay? That happened on Friday afternoon, 3 o'clock. Yeah, okay? yeah Friday, 3, three. Yeah. 3 o'clock. Meaning, they were said, they asked Pilate for his body, and he needed to be off before the Sabbath. When would the Sabbath have started? That twilight, yeah. Friday night on our calendar. Yeah. So when the sun would have gone down, the Sabbath would have started. I've been in I've been in Israel, yeah. in Jerusalem. Come uh, come Friday evening. Well, on the Muslim quarter because you know they've got to they've got to be separated from they they celebrate the Sabbath on Thursday. Mm. So they shut down that on Thursday, and then on Friday evening. Through Saturday evening, the uh, Jerusalem itself, there's nothing going on. I mean, you just walk wherever you want to go, and there's just nobody out because their Sabbath starts at sundown. Yep. So when it says that they wanted to have Jesus' body off before sundown, it's because they would have been been touching a body, trying to prepare a body after when the Sabbath had started. Yep. They wanted his body in the ground so that they could observe the Sabbath. Interesting note that... Um, you know, you, you were considered unclean for touching a corpse. Yeah. And um, from a from a Jewish perspective, Nicodemus and um, Joseph of Arimathea cared not about not being able to partake in the feast because of the, what they believed about Christ. Yeah. I mean, it would have made them supposedly ceremonial unclean. But from a Christian perspective, what do we know happened when Jesus said it is finished? Man, the yeah. old covenant was abrogated. Yeah. They could know they were no longer unclean. They could touch his dead body, and they would be fine because the old covenant had been abrogated because of his death. Yeah. It was paid for. 
Yeah. All those things are gone. We're saying a lot of controversies that day because some people don't. I mean, I agree a hundred percent. I just preached on almost that very same thing: the 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 old covenant being put away with the new mm-hmm. covenant taking its place. Uh, a lot of people uh, see that differently, but that's that's it. Yep. Yeah. So it was done away with. Were they unclean? Well, under the Mosaic law, which had now been abrogated, they were. Yeah. But that's gone. Yeah. Um, and Jesus's body was he was dead while there was still daylight. Then when the dark comes. So when it speaks of three days, three nights, he was dead. That means no matter what part of that day there was sunlight, he was dead. No matter what part of that night there was darkness, he was dead. Yeah. And that's how it's done. Part of dark light, part of darkness. That's what it means. Yeah. Um, it doesn't say that Jesus was in the grave for 72 hours. Yeah. And I think that's what people want to believe yeah when people are trying to find everything they can to to find a either a a a failure in the scripture like of the atheist who might be trying to find a uh a contradiction yeah or the person who's trying to prove a different day like thursday jesus died on thursday to get yeah. the three days in yeah, so, you know, I, don't, I don't have to do that because the scripture said it doesn't require me to do that it didn't say that jesus was going to be in the grave 72 hours that's right they say he was going to be there three days yeah and that's what he was three days meaning part Part of daylight, part of sunlight. This isn't mine. This is Jewish. Yeah. This is Jewish culture that dictates that. Yeah. And um, when Jesus resurrected on the on the Lord's day, he had been three days and three nights in the grave. And he made it the Lord's day. Yes, it became did. the Lord's day. Yeah, yeah, it became the Lord's day. Um, because of his resurrection. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So he's in the ground, or in the tomb, rather, on Friday. What Before happened? Before Passover. Yes. I mean, before uh, Sabbath. Yeah, yeah, before, before Sabbath. the Sabbath. So what happens on Saturday? Saturday, they have an issue with, uh, hey, his disciples may come and try to take him away and make a bigger deception than when he was alive. So they put, they put the, uh, they put the temple guards. I mean, the cohort of um, Roman guards in a seal. Yeah. So, so that they wouldn't come steal his body. Now here's a fun question, okay. and this this may take you off a little bit. Uh, 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 and I've said this before, but then I got to thinking, I'm not sure if I'm right. Um, so I'm willing to say, uh, you know, if I have, if I have been in error, but you know, the, the Roman guard, according to some sources is 12 men. And, uh, so when some people argue that the Roman guard was 12 different men at the tomb and then but then oftentimes when we depict it in art, it's one or two men at the tomb. What are your thoughts? You My think? thoughts are those that were there or who, whatever. <laughs> like, what? You don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Hey, I, what, the thing uh, is, I don't care if there was two or 12. Yeah. When the, the angel descended and rolled it away, yeah. they became like what? Dead Stone. Men. Yeah. Yeah. Like dead men. Yep. Yeah. They became like dead men. I don't care if it was 12 or two. Yeah. And these men knew that they were most likely going to be put to death. And it's interesting that they were not. Yeah. They were paid money to say, hey, they came and stole his body or whatever. Uh, yeah. I think even in Josephus, um, another historical book, um, I think he even speaks of it. Uh, the, the claim was that they had stolen the body. But even in Josephus' account, the schism was not that his body was stolen, but that he had been risen. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. his body had been stolen. Yeah. Um, so whether it was two or 12 we don't know yeah we don't and know. they weren't killed for it yeah and 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 the, 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 the it's just funny how oftentimes 
we hear, you know, like you said, things will preach, right? Mm -hmm. It was 12, you know, with 12 men versus, you know, and that's God killed them all or, or made them all like that. Yeah. 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 And, and so we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. And we yeah. know that they, that Caiaphas and um, the other and even Pilate did, were aware that Jesus said he would raise again. Yeah. And that they were doing everything that they could to make sure that that didn't happen. And if it was a point of deception to make it look like they were going to put everything in place so that people couldn't be deceived. And man, what God put his hand to, no man can stop. And he made him like dead man. Amen. Amen. So that takes us through Saturday. Mm -hmm. Now we are to resurrection Sunday morning. Yep. That makes it Sunday. That's Sunday. Yeah. And that's the, that, that I, I'm not sure if there are people who contend that I think pretty much everybody recognizes the resurrection was, was on the first day of the week. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it says it, yeah, yeah. you know, it's it, that Sunday, but again, there's amazing things people argue about. <laughs> and th those that I have talked to, it's usually based on our calendar. Yeah. It, it, it's not based on an American calendar. Yeah. It's based on, I mean, even I think this year we celebrate Easter, but and Passover is really not in the right order. You know, it's, I think this year pa Passover winds up being, on like Wednesday. Yeah. I have to go back and look. Yeah, I, I'm not I sure. always look at it and go just to see if the dates are, are off. Yeah. Um, so when we look things at our perspective, well, we can say, oh, yeah, there's error. But if we look at things when they were written, who they were written to in the time and how they understood time taking place. Yeah. And it's based on sundown. Sure. Twilight. Yeah. But that puts it still. We, we have the. We, we can still say Good Friday. And what do you call Saturday? Is there a day for Saturday? I just call that Saturday. <laughs> no, no, no. no I, but I like there, make one up. What, seal the tomb Saturday. No, yeah, seal, <laughs> sound, sound like, a, sound like a, a, a sale. Come down to seal the tomb Saturday. Uh, special special half off. Half off, half off all resurrections. No, um, no but there, uh, liturgically, I think every day has a name. But okay. I'd have to look it up. Um, because of course you have Palm Sunday yep. and then you have Maundy Thursday, which comes from mandatum, which means command. And it refers to Jesus giving the new command, these, you know, love one another. And then, um, good Friday, which people get confused why we call it good. Jesus oh died. man. Well, how good that Friday was, man. Our sins were atoned for. Amen. It don't get no better than that. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. And then, uh, but I think there is a name like Waiting Saturday or something, or or, or the, the 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 day of Quiet Saturday. There's a there's a day for it. If you know it in the comment section on YouTube, put it in the comment section and educate all of us, because uh, there is an every the liturgies are so vast, mm -hmm. and everything has a name and a color. You 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 may you, I'm sure you know, but the, 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 did you know that each day has a like like the time has a color, like like you're supposed to put a purple cloth on the communion table. Uh, on the week before, you're supposed to put a white cloth on Easter Sunday, but you're supposed to have a black cloth on it for uh, Good Friday. Like oh, wow. like all those I, colors. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. It's all this because the purple represents royalty. You know him coming yep. in. The white resurrection. There's all this. Everything has a meaning, and a, and a, and a lot of this is just through church history. Things have happened. But brother, I want to thank you for taking us through this week. Yep. Very important. Uh, again, the most important week in all of human history. So um, did you have anything else you want no, to add? No, just, uh, just remember that it was the, the most heinous crime that ever been committed on that Friday. Amen. An innocent man was crucified for things he did not do. 
Amen. So that he could save people that did not deserve to be saved and atone for sins that he had never committed. And if that's not good Friday, then what's good about Friday? Amen. <laughs> Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I want to also uh, bring up the fact that this is going to go out the week of uh, Holy Week. This will probably go out that Sunday or Monday because okay. I want to post it where people can actually go through the days with us. Um, but this coming Friday based on when this recording is coming out, this coming Friday, we do have a Good Friday service. It's going to be at 7 o'clock at Sovereign Grace Family Church. Brother Mike is going to be preaching. And, and you told me you might be preaching Hebrews. I'm going to. Are you going to preach yeah, Hebrews? Yeah. Can I make yeah, the announcement? Yeah, Are you going to be yeah. preaching on the newness of the new covenant and 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 hebrews chapter 8 so we so if you are in the jacksonville area and you're hearing this we would love for you to come and be a part of what we're doing on good friday evening from 7 to about 8 15 depending on how long he preaches <laughs> and then sunday morning uh sunrise service brother andy's going to preach 7 30 and then we're going to have our normal uh sunday school at 9 30 and our worship at 10 30. so we'd love for you to come and visit with us if you're nearby and if not if you want to watch that service you can watch it on our live stream which is on youtube.com sgfc jacks or you can just find us at sgfcjacks.org well brother mike thank you for coming yes, sir. on the show today thank you listener for being a part of conversations with the calvinist today if you have a topic you would like for us to address in a future episode you can send me an email at calvinistpodcast at gmail.com and if you would go to twitter and follow you can follow at your calvinist if you'd like to support the show you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash your calvinist and again if you uh want to be part of the community where we talk to each other and have conversations you can find us on facebook at Conversations with a Calvinist group. So I want to thank you again for listening to Conversations with a Calvinist. My name is Keith Foskey, and I've been your Calvinist. May God bless you.